Hey, Bankless Nation, happy State of the Nation. This is an episode where David do a deep dive on a topic that's been making headlines recently. David, I feel like we are on a redemption arc today because uh, we are notoriously not into sports. <laughs> At least we haven't provided good sports coverage on Bankless in the past. Uh, but today we are talking all about sports and the blockchain, sports and crypto. I can get behind so, that. I, at least I can get behind 50% of this, uh, but we know there are a ton of sports fans in the bankless community. How do we know? Because you've pointed out our mistakes yes. <laughs> and you've told us uh, this is an episode on the future of on-chain sports with, I think, an organization and a project that is doing more in crypto sports uh, than anyone else. Uh, these are the folks behind sports. So Rare. They started with, with football uh, in the EU and uh, there'd be soccer for, for us Americans and have since expanded, and this is recent news, to the NBA. Mm-hmm. This is a recent announcement from them, also to Major League Baseball. So David, what are we going to be talking about today? I think this is going to be part of the overarching story, also timely with the whole Reddit um, phenomenon where Reddit put like the NFTs into 3 million people's hands. How did they do that? Uh, and so it's a story, I think, of Ethereum, of blockchains, layer twos, NFTs, finding their ways into communities that are like outside of crypto Twitter, outside of just like these deep NFT DGen communities and are more mainstream, right? Sports are mainstream. And so rare unquestionably has discovered product market fit at the intersection of sports and crypto, which seems like, at, you know, a cursory glance, a weird intersection, right? Sports, crypto, what does this have to do with each other? Uh, and so we're going to answer this question as to why so rare has found product market fit here in the intersection of the nerds and the jocks, if you will. Uh, and like what it really takes, what's the secret sauce behind these things? And what lessons can we pull away from the product market fit that SoRare has seen? We usually do disclosures at this point in the episode. Disclosure, there are no disclosures. No disclosures. No, David nor myself own any equity or tokens in a SoRare. Or SoRare David, cards. I don't even know, own a SoRare fantasy card. Yeah. There's, a, there's a sad story behind that in yeah. that um, I, I was actually offered the opportunity yeah. to uh, be an angel investor in SoRare. And guess what? I turned it down because sports. I didn't know enough about sports. <laughs> <laughs> so... My uh, sports, you know, lack of knowledge, ignorance has hurt me a lot over the years, <laughs> apparently as well. David, before we get into this episode, let's give a shout out to our friends and sponsors. All right, David, what should people look out for in this episode? I know this is partially a story about mm-hmm. um, product market fit and crypto, yep. but I also feel like there's a layer two story yes. behind uh, so rare. What uh, what are some of the things people should be on the lookout for? Yeah, so I want to ask uh, Nicholas about just the usability in UX and how... Like in the world, if you go onto Reddit right now and you go like, I like NFTs, you get 10,000 downvotes. So I want to I want to learn about like how the, the word NFT in crypto has been accepted by this community that is seemingly outside of the crypto community. How far outside the crypto community is it? And what is the secret sauce behind why product market fit has hap- has been seen at SoRare? And what can we what lessons can we learn to apply that? To other fields so like there's one there's one part a layer two conversation there's one part an nft conversation there's one part a gamification uh uh uh, part because that is what so rare is it is fantasy it's a fantasy game built on top of actual real sports Uh, and so how did all of these things come together and how can we leverage these the secret sauce to to apply to other projects out in the crypto space so that's the thing to pay attention to 
Definitely a lot of lessons for us here, guys. We'll be right back with Nicholas Julia, who is the co-founder and CEO of SoRare. But before we do, we want to thank the sponsors that made this episode possible. All right, guys, we are back with Nicholas Julia. He's the co-founder and CEO of SoRare. They're building the next generation of sports games where fans can play with skin in the game. This is a mix of fantasy sports and also NFT collectibles, uh, sort of tokenized cards that you can actually own. Nicholas, welcome to Bankless. How are you doing, man? Thank you. Thank you, Ryan, for having me. Very excited to have this chat with you today. Oh, me too. Do you know, it was, uh, you tweeted this out right before, and this was a memory. I'd forgo forgotten this email right before we started. This is uh, an email that you sent me, I think, like, uh, is it four years ago now? Yeah, four years four ago. Years yeah, ago. I was in 18, I think. And this is when you first started getting into NFTs. And this was an email yeah. you sent me. You said, hey, Ryan, I just read your tweet storm about NFTs. This was back in 2018, and I guess I was tweeting about NFTs. Yeah. Um, we had, we're just kind of conceptualizing them, I, f I feel like, as an industry. And you said sense. you're excited uh, about it at the debate to determine which underlying protocol is going to win the NFT war. Oh, I so remember I like, this era of crypto where we thought a single protocol would win the NFT war, huh? Yeah. yeah. And then you said you're fully dedicated to crypto. You had some ideas on it. Uh, and my, how far you and so rare have come since then. Um, can you just take us through the last four years of what you've built and what so rare has accomplished, maybe some of the stats and take us from this yeah. conversation all the way to so, so rare today. No, of course. I mean, when, when I was, you know, like uh, starting to look at NFTs, so early 18, end of 17, early 18, I was, <clears throat> sorry, I was fascinated by the, the fact that they're going to bring digital property to the web. And, you know, I, I, I was, I, I was I keep on digging, digging, and I was uh, looking at this cool feature, which is digital scarcity and what it could bring to collectors. And, uh, you know, human beings have been collecting in the, in the physical space for centuries. And uh, I was convinced that this behavior uh, is going to apply to the, to the web. I'm a massive sports fan. So I was dreaming to bring all the athletes and teams and leagues on top of it and, you know, like develop uh, officially licensed uh, NFT cards representing the players, the teams that we love. And um, look, I was convinced that just this would be 10 times bigger than physical collecting because it's, it's you know, you have provable scarcity through ownership. Uh, it's easier to trade. It's easier to show to your community. There's many, many reasons why I, I was thinking about that. But uh, I, I was also thinking that for, for that to be huge, really mainstream and reach hundreds of millions of fans across the globe, um, we would need to bring a usage value that is beyond collecting, right? So that's where the fantasy game or the game Pilon uh, uh, is coming from, having a way, uh, a cool way for fans every day, every week uh, to engage with the card. So we, we got started at this intersection of, you know, this emerging technology, NFTs, um, official like official partnerships with the top IP in the world of sports uh, and then gaming. Uh, so got started with uh, with soccer as you said, uh, and uh, and uh, you know now we have like more than two million two million users and close to two half million, million users. Yeah, half a million active uh, on a, on a monthly basis. Wow. So that's wow. uh, that, that has been a strong start, I would say. Yeah, uh, we, we and we've... can I can I ask by the way because um. Uh, are they still active? Like, have they felt this like bear market at all? Your yeah. user base. How does that How does that look these days versus like a year ago when the crypto market was booming? No, I think I think that if you look even at Crypto Slam or uh, any NFT tracker, right, you, you would find that uh, 
um, you know, at the, before the beam market, we were like in terms of sales volume, like we were somewhere between the 15th and 20th position with all the profile pick NFTs being, you know, topping this this, this list. I think if you look uh, at the last week, uh, if we are not at the top, uh, so that's today. I think that we are looking. If uh, you got the top, you can you can a bit be above above that. Uh, yeah, higher. Yeah, if you look at seven days, we are pre we are the top, uh, and uh, and I think that speaks to the fact that uh, we we kept on uh, we kept on growing during this peer market. Uh, if you look at all the metrics like uh, new users, sales, and and so on, so uh, that's I think that's encouraging, uh, and uh, that that speaks to the fact that uh, when you when you do something uh, beyond collecting, beyond trading, uh, I, I think you 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 are more resilient uh, because people have fun, people express their passion, their identity as sports fans, and 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 they you know they they keep on using and playing with the cons, uh, despite the fact that the markets are going down. So I just want for folks that are listening to this maybe can't see, we are on a website called Crypto Slam that is tracking uh, NFT collections by various metrics in in terms of sales, in terms of transactions, and this is so rare on a seven week. Uh, or seven day period of time leading the pack in terms of sales. Nine sales million volume, yeah. Sales volume, nine million in sales volume. But also completely dominated on unique number of transactions coming in at 154,000 transactions over the last seven days in comparison to Bored Apes coming in at 78. Uh, yeah. Gauss and Chained also kind of in a similar category versus a collectible, uh, I would say a similar category versus uh, so rare, 177,000 transactions. And then down to CryptoPunks, where you see 44. So you can really see the division of the categories here. And yeah, I, I, was, I think like one point, important, like one important point here is that this, uh, this is only tracking our secondary transactions, uh, and so there's, uh, there's a significant volume of transactions uh, and sales that is coming from the primary market, the, the coins that we sell for the first time as well. Uh, well, and that that's also only tracking the the paying users that are engaging with NFCs. Uh, but we we are we have a significant number of users that are engaging with the free to play game uh, and engaging with the fantasy uh, this this way. What what I think is really neat here is because um, you uh, Sorare has not suffered uh, a decline in the way that board board apes has or even CryptoPunks have because this is sort of a a real world fan base. That is yeah. not as tied to like crypto speculative markets, and so we, we talk so often about in in crypto about uh, real world use cases, you know, that like normies would actually use. Well, this is one of them, guys. Like people who are into sports, which is basically everyone that you know, mm-hmm. like you know, is into some uh, sport, right? All of the normal people that you know. Except for David your favorite and I, podcast co-hosts. <laughs> well, but you know what? It's the only reason David and I, like uh, David used to be, who'd you say? Like you're you're a big sports fan. Like, oh yeah, Mar- kind of, like, Seattle right Mariners from 1999 to 2001, 2002. Yeah, big I time. Did. So I grew up in Canada in the Toronto area, huge Toronto Maple Leafs fan. I used to follow it like, like my entire childhood up until like, uh, you know, I was uh, out of college and such. And I just haven't had time lately because like crypto has kind of dominated right. my life. So anyway, tons of sports fans, real world use case. Uh, and it does well, even when crypto prices are down. This is yeah. quite a testament. And look at those transactions, right? We'll have other questions about how are you actually scaling this? But yeah. I just want uh, folks to see kind of the volume and uh, the level that's going on in the NFT world. And all of this is happening kind of behind the scenes uh, quietly. 
Yeah. And Nicholas, yeah. I, I want to uh, parse out two or three things that I think that you definitely noticed very, very early. Things like that you picked out earlier than, than most other people. And that was uh, NFTs. In 2018, NFTs were a theory, not practice. Uh, and then, but also scale. Uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, Stowrare started off understanding that, yo, the Ethereum layer one is not going to do it for us. Uh, and then also ex extra crypto communities. And so you kind of slammed these three particles together. NFTs, uh, a, a, a community that's outside of crypto, call it the sports world, the sports community, and NFTs. And maybe there are some other things as well, but I really think that's what some of the secret sauce is behind So Rare Success, is that it identified these three things and the potential here way ahead of schedule back in 2018, 2019. What about those three things were obvious to you? Like, what did it, did it feel obvious at the time? Or just can you go through the thought process as to kind of how you put all these th things together? Yeah, I think I think from the very first day I was like because I remember in 1718, like uh, the very small NFT community was there, there, there was a debate whether we should you know like uh, simplify the user experience or keep this clunky experience of you know like setting setting up a wallet and like this I don't know between 15 and 20 steps before you can buy a crypto punk, right? And then so part of the community was thinking this is education, like when the users need to go through it, it's a feature, not a bug, all of that. And I was like, no, I think, uh, I think you know, if we want to really like uh, reach like millions, dozens of millions of users, we need, we need, we need to abstract the complexity and deliver the benefits uh, of NFT collectibles to 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 the mainstream, and so and, and and so the benefits for us in our in our case are like the digital scarcity, so the collectability, uh, the true ownership, the fact that you can you know sell your card freely, the fact that you can move it to other games and outside of the platform, and so on. And so people need to fans need to feel it, you know, uh, and 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 not go you know through different steps or to uh, Q and A to understand this. Like uh, they they need to feel it through design, through the user experience, through copywriting, whatever. But but really feel it, right? So so that that has been like very important in the way we architected and built. Um, the, the the product and and then like our conviction was uh baked in the fact that we are answering like uh, uh human needs that are like very very deep right like uh, uh expressing who you are your identity for a sports fan like it's it's collecting plays a big role uh and nfts are enabling digital collecting right so we, we were like in, into this track uh we were also into the track of like uh um you know like kind of uniting sports fans or, or, or enabling fans to connect uh, and obviously connecting is also so, something that is very important for us as as human beings and and so enabling this this fans to play against each other uh with the bragging rights that come with it to meet uh more people also was something that that was that was very very important to us so um so so yeah we are, we we were like very convinced about like the the the, the huge potential uh, uh at this intersection of collecting and uh and playing with your friends basically uh and and for us nfts just happened to be the perfect technology uh to uh to unlock this potential uh and uh you know it, the, the market fit was such uh, you know such abuse that we, we haven't you know like made any paid marketing so far like we, we haven't spent money on marketing so everything that happened so far um 
has been organic, like with the referral program and so on. Uh, around the World Cup, so in, in a couple of weeks, we're gonna do our first marketing campaign, actually. Uh, so so we're gonna start, you know, putting the brand out down uh, in the US, notably. Well, I think there's this uh, you know tremendous potential for us, uh, and so. Um, and so no, I believe that the product is getting closer, you know, to the to the to the state I want it to be in to start like uh, you know spreading the word uh, and uh, and yeah, there, there's still like some steps to remove the frictions that I like us to do, but we are getting closer to to you know to to show the, this product to big audiences. So for the bankless listeners that aren't actually familiar, what SoRare actually is, uh, like yeah. what what you do with these NFTs, it's kind of like a, it's a fantasy game where you have these NFTs that represent real players, uh, football yeah. players, that's, that's soccer for the American people, uh, baseball players, basketball players, kind of like kind of like a baseball card, kind of like a basketball card. Um, totally. And, yeah. And then there's points that if the, the player in real life, in a real game, does something uh, in their game, that would be that would score points for people that have these cards that have selected these cards to be in that fantasy game for that week or something. Uh, and so uh, the idea is you, you collect the cards. They have a real link with a real player. That player scores points in the real life. The points are scored in the fantasy game. And you can only get those points if you have the card that associates with the player. Uh, Nicholas, how much overlap is there between crypto people like me and Ryan who don't know who uh, Rafael Federer Nadal is or whatever, the tennis players, and the people that are on SoRare? Like, are, to what degree are these crypto people or are these just mainly like sports players? How much overlap is there between these two communities? So yeah, we you know like uh, as for any like uh, consumer product that aims to to reach like very very big audiences, like you you start with an early community of early adopters. So for us, it was crypto enthusiasts with an interest of sports, and even NFT enthusiasts in the early days with an interest in sports. So let me tell you, it was very like a couple of hundreds and a couple of thousand people, like very limited uh, segments. Uh, and then like we grew to people, uh, you know, with with an interest in sports and uh spending money uh in in games uh where they, they they could have like skin in the game right uh and now we are extending to a new user segment so people um uh, playing fantasy sports uh free to play fantasy sports notably and also collecting in the physical world so we are moving from segment to segment and make and you know evolving the product to cut on to this to this to this new segments uh and uh, and right now most of the users that are jumping in they don't even know you know that, that there's a blockchain behind and you know there's it's an nft all of that uh they you know they don't they don't know about that right so they but they know they understand the benefits they get it and 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 at some point in their journey they understand uh what it is and most of the time it changed their mind by the way uh about about nfts because the perception of nfts in sports Right now in Europe in particular, it's, it's not that good, right? Like, because, you know, like during the bull market, we've seen so many like, um, you know, like cash grabs and, and so on that, you know, it, it kind of uh, undermined the perception of the of the fans. Um, and hopefully we, we are trying to do things the, the right way here. Um, 
and 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 build uh, the best product for for the fans and i think so yeah the, the way the product works as you you put it very very well like it's it's a mix between uh co collecting and playing fantasy so you would you know collect nft cons representing the players that you love uh and you know some player some people just engage with that part right like just collecting and others uh you know like I, I, then they are composing a team uh with uh with these players and engaging with the fantasy game where they can progress and win rewards uh and and so yeah that those are really the two pillars uh and so yeah put it another way i, I would i would um i would i would present it as you know uh collect like collecting uh on steroids like the, the owning this uh, officially licensed nfts uh open uh, a new world of things that you can do so engaging with the fantasy game and winning rewards uh but also accessing physical experiences so we were starting to reiterate on okay you own this nft you can go to this game you can meet this player you can access this training ground uh so all these things that we are doing in collaboration with our partners uh all the top uh, you know sports league in the world uh and uh and the athletes like we have uh serena williams as a board advisor uh kylian mbappe as a you know investor and ambassador and and, and rudy gober uh, in in the basketball world and many others that we're gonna announce in the coming months so so this this bridge between the digital and the physical is also something that we are very excited about and so what role does money play here? Because we're looking at Ryan's screen as he's navigating and you can buy these cards. One card you can buy for $4.44. Another card you could buy for $213. Like when, when people hear NFTs, they kind of think, you know, speculative asset collectibles that go up and down or price. What role does speculation play in owning some of these cards? And also like, can you, as a player of so rare NBA, so rare MLB, so rare, rare football, can you like make money playing this game? Is that like a core part of it or is the money more of an afterthought? Yeah, I think uh, like, uh, Another way to think about the product is like in the physical world, like when you think about uh, like an NBA team, for instance, like you have different roles that you can play. Uh, you, you could be uh, a team owner, right? Uh, making decisions on what players to buy. You can be a sport director trying to find the next star and scout for the next star. You can be uh, a coach, like uh, thinking about what players to put on the court uh, for the next game. And you can be a player, obviously. And I think what's amazing with this product, with, with uh, Sora and BA, uh, because we're talking about this, is that you can play all those roles. Like the, there's four roles, like team, like owner making decisions on what to buy uh, and uh, being a sports director or scout, being a coach, being a player, you, you play all the roles. And so, and so that's amazing. To get back to your question, I think that uh, there's different motivations uh, for different people uh, on the product, like people engaging only with the collecting part, people engaging only with the trading part, people engaging only with the fantasy part. So th th there's all different motivations. Uh, and uh, and uh, yes, uh, some people are making uh, money by reselling a card like they would do in the physical world with top cards or Panini cards or any collectible, right? Uh, but uh, but but at its core, it's it's a way, new way to engage with uh, with the passion, right? Like uh, uh, and to express who you are, to play with your friends, to beat your friends, and and that's I think what's uh, what's really exciting. Nicholas, um, I'm just kind of scrolling through this uh this user interface here and i think you said it early is um did, did i catch you right in it and a lot of um, users don't even know that they're using nfts basically or that's not what's material you know to them the nft itself like the 
Uh, what's impressing me most as I'm scanning through this interface is like, it doesn't feel like a blockchain. It feels yeah. very much like a web two app. Yeah. And yet there are so many things that like I'd recognize like, oh, the ability to kind of transfer fiat from MoonPay or ramp, um, the yeah. ability to add ETH my wallet yeah. and I can bid on each of these players and yeah. I can bid directly from my credit card or in ETH, right? Like yeah. all of this feels so familiar to a crypto native, but also, um, I, like the user experience here is like there's a wallet behind the scenes here, but it's just it's not clunky. There, you don't even it doesn't feel um, like all of the the crypto interfaces that that I think crypto natives have experienced in the past. Um, can you talk a little bit about this? Like, so uh, this had to be hard making this making this happen and smoothing out all of these these rough edges. Um, how did you get to this point? Look, you know, it, it has been like, uh, first of all, as, uh, as, uh, as I said, it has been like uh, one of the key principles that uh, I, I gave as a product direction to the team, like like abstracting all this complexity so that we can deliver the benefits uh, to the to the fans. I think that's uh, the first uh, the first thing to say. Uh, I think we went through phases. I, I don't know if you remember Loom Network. Uh, as, uh, I do. I remember. Wow, so I think I remember you throwback. pinging me. Um... Yeah. What's 2018, 2019? Yeah. You're like, hey, yeah. we're not sure how to scale yeah. this thing. I'm looking at Loom, yeah. and at the yeah. time, this was like Plasma Layer Two was the yeah. promise. Yeah, tell me yeah. where that ended up. Yeah, no, so so no. Long story short, like uh, it has been painful, right? Because we moved <laughs> from uh, Layer One to Layer Two with Loom to Layer One again uh, because Loom disappeared at some point, and then again moving up uh, to Layer Two with uh, with Starpoint. Uh, and uh, and we but always with this goal to abstract uh, the the complexity and uh, you know have something that is secure uh, that is scalable obviously um, and uh, and uh, and uh, so yeah we, we went through different phases no we we are we are we are happy with um with with the outcome that we are we still have you know like some steps to to go to really like uh, reach the audiences we want to reach uh, mobile is an issue uh, so uh, we we have good conversations uh, you know with Google with Apple because right now you you know the problem better than I do but it's it's not possible to sell there's digital collectibles uh, on the App Store uh, and uh, I've seen like uh, recent news like uh, on uh, you know like uh, terms uh, on the App Store. You know, it's it's not really like NFT friendly right now. So uh, there's there's uh, there's still some you know some conversations to to be to be had and 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 some uh, and some progress uh, that we we should all do for the space, I guess. Yeah, seeing where this app has come just excites me so much because I think um, you know so many critics, particularly of of crypto, but then in NFTs, they're always asking, oh, so where are the use cases? When is this mm. going to go mainstream? Right? And here is a perfect example of. Uh, so rare, which is scaled a real world use case. I mean, this is not using um, like Ponzi economics in order to scale. Could right? you imagine? It's, it's, <laughs> it's just real demand from sports enthusiasts for recognizable real world um, assets. And they built it uh, while um, you know, doing, doing so within the kind of the constraints of, of crypto. Uh, but like smoothing out all of the rough edges from a UX perspective, and I know there's still work you, you want to do there. So you're probably seeing some of the imperfections, but I'm seeing like how far we have come. Uh, and like this being a, a use case that doesn't use Ponzi economics, smoothed out um, all of the rough edges, and it's actually like scaling on layer two. So this is these are real NFTs secured by Ethereum and, and, and settled 
at the base layer. That is yep. pretty damn impressive. And honestly, I think that um, probably the so rare team um, doesn't. This use case doesn't get enough credit in crypto circles. Uh, it's because it's like, sports. We're like, oh yeah, no, I forgot about true. sports. <laughs> I I, no, just, I like, think that's part of it. Part of it, and part of like we we are we are you know we're reaching a community that is well you know like uh, very different from crypto Twitter, for instance. And but I agree, Ren, with with your point. Uh, like we 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 like uh, you know when you look at crypto Twitter, like this, uh, we are not really present there. Uh, that's that's yeah. that's yeah yeah. It's it's so great to see, and actually, this is probably going to be one of my favorite kind of real world use cases next time. As skeptics, <laughs> like, what does NF what do NFTs <laughs> actually accomplish for people? One last question I have for you, and then uh, we do need to uh, b break and come back. We got a lot more to cover, but how in the world did you get organizations like the NBA? the MLB and some of the original football organizations uh, in Europe to sign on to this project, get that licensing set up. Cause that's another feat of magic. Wow. You actually got like licensing rights from some yeah. of these major organizations. And I guess as particularly the early ones, they took a bet on a startup doing this weird crypto NFT thing. How did that happen? Yeah, I mean that that has been like uh, yeah, pr like like that, that that has been very long, um, very long process with lots of uh, education and effort. Uh, because you know you 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 have seen probably like uh, lots of partnerships between uh, crypto companies and sponsors, uh, and so you have this partnership category where you know you use uh, sponsor teams and leagues to bring awareness to your crypto product. But what we are doing is different. Uh, we're gonna have some marketing and we're gonna start using it with the leagues and the teams. But at its core, it's licensing using the IP, meaning the players uh, and the the name of the teams and the league to sell products. So you have the IP on the products and their IP is, is you know, the, the, the biggest asset that they have. So they are very conservative. And what we've done in football, like bringing all these teams and leagues together, there's probably two companies that have done it in the last 60 years. Uh, Panini in the world of physical collecting and uh, Electronic Arts with the FIFA franchise, the video game, right? So it, it, it's, it's not every year or even every decade that, uh, you know, these organizations decide to partner with companies like us uh, and, and, and give their IP. Um, so so uh, so so in, in order to get down, we, we like our strategy has been to start uh, small and prove the model. So we, we started with uh, the Belgian league uh, and then adding like little by little other leagues or the clubs and proving that you know it was it was uh, the future of sports gaming. Uh, it was working, you know, it's what it was a legitimate use case and it was engaging sports fans in a sustainable way. Um, and uh, also proving them that we are building, uh, you know, like a world class uh, consumer experience, right? And because because they care so much about their IP, they care about the quality of the experience. And so this is something that we spend lots of uh, effort also. Uh, and so then we 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 you know we we move to this place uh, in football with you know millions of users and lots of engagement and uh, uh, you know like. Uh, huge uh, sales volumes and so on and so leading creating this new category this new market uh we we were in the best position to convince then us leagues uh, to jump in with us, like being the category creator. Uh, so they believe that we are the best place, uh, the, the, the best position, sorry, uh, to, you know, to, to develop this category for them. Um, and um, not only to be a new revenue stream, uh, and they are interested in this, of course, but also help them to reach new audiences. So right now, like the, the, the MLB, the NDA, they are very excited about the potential that we have 
to, to grow the sport with them uh, in Europe, in Asia, and in geographies where they want to develop outside of the US, basically, right? So, uh, so it's very exciting because we're going to grow the pie for everyone. We're going to help the football, the soccer teams, and leagues to grow in the US with the IP that we've acquired here. And we and the other way around, we're going to help US leagues to grow uh, in, in other parts of the world uh, with this vision that, you know, this is going to be uh, the marketplace where you're going to be able to trade your LeBron James against your Kylian Mbappé or Lionel Messi, right? Uh, I think this is something that is very unique that we are doing. Well, you know, it's it's one product, right? And so with one wallet, with one, you, one account, <coughs> you can play different games, different sports and move across them. And I, I think that's that's pretty amazing. So you want to collect all the sports then? <coughs> NBA, yeah. MLB, soccer, football, that's kind of the start, but there are a few other uh, sports to collect. Yeah, there are, there are more sports to collect. Uh, we're interested in uh, all the top sports in the world uh, with global audiences. Um, and so, yes, we have two of the three major US sports. We have uh, football uh, with billions of fans across the globe. Uh, and that's a very nice sport. And we are like laser focused on delivering for that three sports right now. Uh, but obviously, like we would we, we, we look uh, to expand at some point in the future. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, Nicholas, I think uh, it's unquestionably that so rare kind of knows what's up. Uh, and so uh, as somebody that has uh, taken a product into product market fit uh, and now is in a post product market fit world, that makes you like one of the few, right? And so I, I wanna pick your brain a little bit in the second half of the show about like just advice and perspective that, that we could give other people who are also still on this path of maybe they're working in NFTs, maybe they're, maybe they're working on mainstream apps. Uh, just as somebody who's gone through the dark forest of building a product for non-crypto people and that product be successful, I just want to pick your brain a little bit about how any advice that you might have for the people still working towards that path. So all of those questions yeah. and more are coming up in the second half of the show right after we talk to some of these fantastic sponsors that make this show possible. And we're back with Nicholas from So Rare. Nicholas, like I was saying before the sponsors, I want to pick your brain a little bit and just like give some advice to the Bankless Nation. But but first, what's next for So Rare? What's on the horizon? Uh, it's a bear market now. Uh, so what are you guys doing during the bear market? And overall, can you just like kind of tease like what's next on the frontiers of So Rare? No, look, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting because during the bull market, we have been quite quiet on uh, on marketing, uh, as I was saying earlier, and um, and uh, we, you know, we we know we're gonna we're gonna start, you know, uh, around the World Cup, notably in a couple of weeks, uh, marketing aggressively the product, and uh, I'm very excited to see to see those results. So. The World Cup in itself is uh is the biggest sport event in the world, right? So there's gonna be lots of attention. That's bigger um, than the Super Bowl for all of you Americans. Like it's a lot bigger than the Super Bowl, right? Lot bigger, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, and so, so you're gonna you're gonna start marketing, like Sovere has not gone and started marketing. You're gonna start marketing at the yep. World Cup of so of football soccer. That's the, correct. The globe's most viewed sports event. That's when you're That's going correct. to start. That's correct. So it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. So no, I'm very excited. It's going to be our first brand campaign. So we have lots of initiative around that. So I'm, I'm very excited by that. 
Um, so it's not only marketing, it's also product evolutions to cut on to broader audiences. Uh, so I, I cannot reveal everything. It's going to come in coming days, but social features, collectible features, you know, right, right now our product is really around fantasy. Uh, and uh, and uh, we, we, you know, we have lots to do to improve the collectability of the scores and to improve the, the social features uh, of the product. And so we have like a couple of amazing launches uh that are lined up for the for the world cup in the, in the coming weeks so so i think that's number one in what's next um obviously number two is uh, uh growing aggressively our u.s sports uh that we we've just launched so uh we you know we, we are very excited like the early results are amazing and there's there's much much more uh we can we can do for them so uh, we're gonna keep uh, keep on like uh, growing, growing those products and listening to the community and improving the product every week, as we've done with um, with Soka in the in the early days. So I think I think that's uh, that's number two, and uh, yeah, number two is keep in number three is keep on growing the team, right? Like it's uh, uh, 160 people right now, uh, split between Paris and New York, uh, and so yeah, we we brought amazing people, like uh, people leading design at Spotify, engineering at Snap, like we have really like amazing leaders, uh, uh, like uh, with us right now, uh, people that 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 have seen scale uh, with Web two companies, right, and that are uh, bringing this knowledge uh to to us and uh you know i i want to stay true to our uh crypto dna uh but at the same time benefit from like uh you know like people that have seen scale uh in in the in the previous wave of uh of tech companies and 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 this is something i'm very excited and spend a lot of time having the best talents uh <clears throat> and um onboarding them and um and yeah that that's something i'm, I'm spending yeah i'm very excited about as well yeah so Nicholas, this is so cool, and I, I feel like there's an element to you which I re- which I really like is that that is just very understated for for the amount of progress that you guys have made. Like it's just absolutely incredible. Um, and um, so so we're at you know 1.5 million or so um, users of so rare today. And I, I was wondering, and this is before you've actually turned on kind of the the marketing engine That's before crazy. you've done That's World crazy. Cup before you've done all of these things. Can you give us a sense for the uh, the total addressable market for like uh, sports fans, like so. How big is sports? Well, <laughs> <laughs> let's say like I mean like the World Cup alone. I mean, how many how many football fans do we have? And I'm I'm talking about European football when I say football, right? And so like, what is like? Do you see a world where maybe ten percent of the sports uh, communities are kind of actively have some sort of you know, so rare type of collectible and what kind of numbers are we seeing? Yeah. You guys are maximally successful here. No, I think it's a, it's an interesting question. Um, so like football fans, there's billions of football fans. So then it depends on, you know, like what's really a fan and it, 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 like, do you, are we chatting someone engaging like, uh, you know, like once a month, a week, a year, <clears throat> but there's billions uh, of people in, in the world who declare interests uh, for, for football and declare themselves uh, as fans. I think uh, I think that uh, when you think about the most popular uh, games uh, in the in the world of soccer, uh, we are talking a couple dozen million uh, people that are engaging with uh, the product. <clears throat> My aim uh, is that we reach hundreds of millions of people with this product, and I'm going to tell you why I'm very convinced that we're going to we are going to do this. Um, the first reason is that 
it's much easier uh, to engage with this game than a, a video game. You don't have to buy a PlayStation and to install a game and, and to learn like how to play the game, all of that. It's much easier, right? Like It's a casual game. Yeah, it's casual. You buy a card, you compose your team. Like uh, even you know, you you can engage. You know, with, within twenty five like thirty seconds, you you can get the basics, right? So so I think that's reason number one is easy to access, easier to understand. Number two uh, is that we are tapping into something that like we are tapping into like behaviors that are existing, right? Like uh, uh, like this need to collect and express your identity, this need uh, to connect and socialize with people, this need to have fun uh, and to connect with your passion. So we are tapping into uh, these existing behaviors, but with this amazing thing, which is owning your game right like owning your assets and be be with the you know the freedom to do whatever you want with it and 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 you know when people get it like when people understand that they truly own part of the game it's it's you know it's there it's, it's crazy they understand that yes you know i can i can resolve this item yes i can move this item into a side game yes i can uh reuse this item for the next four season as opposed to being forced to buy again something that i don't own right so so it, it, it's really like a, a shift uh from a world where people were buying stuff and you know in video games there are close to 100 billion dollars spent every single year uh you know from from fans buying stuff that they are not owning and that they are forced to buy again next year right so and uh, i mean and, and, and so when you move from here to a world where you give control back to your fans, to your community, where they truly own it, they can keep it, and so on. Uh, when when this is going to to reach you know broad audiences, this is going to be crazy. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. So speaking of broad audiences, Ryan, I've got the uh, 2018 FIFA World Cup numbers in front of me, and the reason why, Ryan, you might not know this, Ryan, but I do know this, is that uh, the FIFA World Cup only happens every four years. So the last one. I didn't one, know that, David. Okay. I didn't right. know that. <laughs> <laughs> we know we got some sports stuff here. Uh, so the last FIFA World Cup, 2018, uh, 3.5 billion people watched at least one minute. Are you kidding me? One minute. That is half of the globe watched at least one minute of the 2018 FIFA World Cup. And it's estimated that the, the full game was watched by 1.1 billion people viewers worldwide. Uh, that is a yeah. that we're talking about blows exposure. me away. Yeah, uh huh. That's like yeah. every everyone who every has the other person to watch. saw the World Cup on a screen for at least a glimpse uh, during 2018. And so yeah, I'm I'm looking at this upcoming World Cup, uh, and so Gianni Infantino, who's leading FIFA, is projecting five billion. So he's leading oh FIFA. My so, God, so five oh billion my. people. When have yes. you ever heard of a I metric can't... like that? Yeah, that's, um, I mean, how many multiples of the total number of crypto users is that? Well, so, so here's my question. So you're saying it, when you have numbers like 3.5 billion and 5 billion, and, yeah. and you're saying you think that so rare could get to you hundreds of million of users. <clears throat> Guys, what that means, bankless listeners, is we're talking about an onboarding mechanism to crypto wallets uh, for things priced in fiat, but also priced in ETH mm -hmm. to hundreds of millions of people all, okay, all of those is, cards that were on sale were denominated in eth that we saw this, on your screen yeah this is a crypto onboarding mechanism and it blows my mind if just to all of the metamask users right now 30 million or so 
that's what they have in terms of like uh i think like month monthly actives 30 million right and we're talking about one single app being able to potentially onboard hundreds of millions okay so my next question here uh nicholas is can we handle that kind of scale right yeah. now like, yeah, you're, you're gonna break are, Ethereum, like, uh, are we gonna yeah, go yeah. to kitty it or do you have a way to like uh make this no. thing scale Look, look, um, my co-founder and CTO would be better on place to answer this one. Uh, I think from the latest I've heard that, uh, you know, he's, he's very confident. Obviously, the numbers we're discussing right now, um, you know, it's, it's going to be like, uh, it's going to be phases, right? Like, uh, we are very confident for the next uh, the next phase of growth, you know, moving from millions to dozens of millions. We are very confident about this. Um, but... Uh, uh, yeah, j just to touch on, uh, you know, like the, what you were saying before, like this uh, on-ramp uh, for mainstream people, mainstream fans into uh, into the Web3 world. I think this is something that is important to me as a founder, right? And so when I was uh, when I was starting this company, um, I, I was thinking about NFTs as a, as a way to educate people at some point and to, you know, to put digital assets in their hands. And at some point, they could also like look at other uh, cryptocurrencies and so on. Uh, obviously, they are, they are they share lots of properties uh, with cryptocurrencies, true ownership, portability, all of that. Uh, and 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 I think this is this is something I'm very excited about, uh, and uh, I I think it's uh, uh, yeah it's uh, it, it could be like huge uh, for for the space uh, in in general. So Nicholas, uh, there's so many reasons. I mean, in hindsight, it makes sense. Uh, sports billion person fan base. Uh, yeah. there's, I really liked what you said about you're tapping into behaviors that people already know, uh, fantasy games, collecting sports, uh, money, like throwing <laughs> it all into a single app. And again, in hindsight, it seems to make sense why SoRare has done what it's done. What do you have any generalizable lessons for other people, NFT builders, DeFi app builders? Like what lessons have you learned that are perhaps less SoRare specific and more timeless and universal that we can all, anything just really stand out to you? Like what, what life advice do you have to give us as crypto people? No, yeah, I think, um, I think what, what we've done in terms of, um, uh, in, uh, in terms of like uh, testing, iterating is that like for, for, we, we, a couple of values or principles, um, Listen, listen to to your core community, uh, and uh, on a weekly basis, uh, prioritize and move fast uh, to improve the product uh, and, and and ship what what uh, what they want. I think I think the velocity is really key, uh, uh, like to 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 make your product evolve, and more importantly, to learn what's working, what's not working, right? Uh, and uh, it's better to have something that is shift that something that may be better in a couple of weeks right so i think that 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 was that 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 that's that's uh, like something that that has been very very important for us um and um uh i i think uh yeah pr probably like uh, uh uh like another one has been to focus on the right uh metric and to be very deliberate about what you are optimizing for uh for a very very long time we, we, we we've never and it's still the case actually we, we are not optimizing for revenue for instance right we are uh, i mean we are lucky to have been profitable since the very early days we raised uh, six six hundred and eighty million dollars series b uh, uh but since the very early days we were focusing on how do we retain the users how do we engage the users uh and and, and this kind of this kind of metrics were really driving uh, our efforts uh, 
uh, more than short term uh, things that are maybe pleasing the investors, uh, our bond short term, but are hurting the company longer term. One example that I want to give, we could have done an ICO and have our own token or whatever, but that was not aligned uh, with this goals of, uh, you know, like uh, uh, delighting the users, retaining the users, all of that. And uh, I was thinking that could, that could be, um, that could haunt us in our way to reach hundreds of millions of, of users. And so uh, because of, uh, you know, all the risks that we all know about, about this. And so, uh, so, so, so yeah, that, that's another important lesson, I think. Well, I've been uh, observing Nicholas so rare f from afar from the, those yeah, last uh, four yeah, years. Re which, uh, <laughs> yeah, I would have loved to have been closer <laughs> retrospectively, but like, I, I can, I can, I uh, can't say enough about um, what, what you guys have built and, and something I think that the crypto community can take away from what you just said is um, you guys didn't take any shortcuts. You just built a fantastic focus, yeah. product for your community. You had a vision and you execute it, execution, execution, yeah. execution. This yeah. is the common denominator that we see in successful um, crypto projects that are able to last from cycle to cycle. And uh, congrats for, to you guys for doing it. Nicholas, thank you so much for joining us. I have one last question you. for you. And this is uh, a question related to uh, the NFT market. I don't know if you uh, if you kind of dabble or, or look in kind of the wider uh, crypto NFT market, or if you're just so heads down focused on what SoRare is doing, kind of the you know fantasy sports in the sports team that you haven't looked, but what do you think of the current NFT uh, market in in crypto? You know, the, the board apes, the crypto punks, all of the gaming NFTs, all of the stuff that's going on. Do you have any thoughts on it? Are there any projects that you really like? Do you have any wisdom to uh, leave us with? No, look, I think uh, during this bull market, we've seen lots of project that were focused on extracting value on the short term uh, and that you know that 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 definitely hurts the, the overall space um i think that uh that there's lots of build down out down with uh, uh you know like a, a, a long-term vision uh i'm sure we 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 like lots of you have seen like what reddit uh, has been doing with the uh, digital collectibles uh, as they call it uh, recently i think that's uh you know that's 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 a good way to again show the benefits uh, of owning an nft without you know like uh um having to explain or educate or like you know users just fit it right and i think that, that these are the these are the projects that are, I'm, I'm really excited about uh and i'm not i'm not you know I, i'm not like um I, th I think for us usage value and uh building a game has been like uh you know a key to to our success and uh i think that's amazing because then you retain users and you bring them every week and so on but i also think that there's amazing use cases uh just around collecting and art and all of that and so uh i i, I hope to see more of them as well uh and uh and i hope to keep on seeing more and more artists uh you know like uh, developing the audiences and uh and diversifying the way they, they they make a living right so uh so 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 yes that's uh yeah, I don't. I don't have any specifics. I I, I don't spend uh like uh, the time I I would I'd love to spend like uh, uh looking at uh, at uh, at uh, new uh new projects. But uh but I think what what I see is that there's lots of build downs in gaming in particular. Uh, you know, like world class people coming from the video game industry, notably that that are quietly like uh, building the future uh, of this space. Um, and uh, it takes time because building a good game takes time, but uh, but it's coming. 
Absolutely. It is coming. All boats rise together. Nicholas, uh, keep building, man. It's great to have you. Thank you so much. Risks and disclaimers, guys, as always, got to mention, none of this has been financial advice. It hasn't been sports advice either. David and I are not in a position to give either of those two things. Uh-oh. Never do. Uh, ETH is risky. financial advice. <laughs> <laughs> so are NFTs. So is crypto. All of DeFi is. You could definitely lose what you put in. But at least you can own it. At least you can yeah. own your own collectibles. We're headed west. This is the frontier. It's not for everyone, but we're glad you're with us on the bankless journey. Thanks a lot.